I'm coming live from the Music Garage Chicago. So they're listening to Six Wings Fried Hard. What is this podcast about? This podcast is about two rude boys from Chicago that are still exploring their friendship through music and current events. I don't know how we started. I know who you are. You know who you are. Tell the listeners who you are. My name is Anthony Johnson. That's all about, that's all to me, really. That's all you're giving them? I'm just from Chicago. Well, I'm Kyle Polich, originally you know? from Chicago, now from Los Angeles, California. See, but does that how, the, is that how that works? So I had some other friends that did that same thing. Does where you're from change? Because you said now you're from Los Angeles. I know these guys I was in a band with from Florida. They would say, hi, we're from, we're so-and-so from Chicago. But it's like, nah, y'all both from Florida and you've been living here for a year. Oh, that ain't enough time to be claiming Chicago, no. Yeah, like, I was always weird about that. It's like, I'm so-and-so from Chicago. It's like, if they start asking you questions about Chicago, you better disqualify yourself. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, like, if I move to L.A. for a year, somebody should slap my ass if they find out I'm trying to be their tour guide after one year. Especially if you're just a busy person, period. Like, you can go see stuff sometimes, but big cities like Chicago, L.A., New York, you just can't know them. Like, I, you know I've visited L.A. Sure. That city is impossible. You from Chicago, imagine actually getting to know Chicago. Like, I'm not talking about what street everything is on, but, like, learning the yeah, city. Yeah, how it works. Like, you from Chicago. I think everybody from And you work downtown Chicago. Yep. Do you remember what happens first Tuesday around 11 a.m.? First Tuesday, 11, something in Grand Park? I really don't know. No, that's when you hear that damn siren. Oh, is that when? I never, like, kept track of it, but I know what you're talking about. You know exactly what I'm talking about because you're from Chicago, and you can hear it best from downtown. Now, it's some sort of outdated alert that I think they just keep it. You yeah, know how yeah. that goes. Like, probably something unnecessary, but they still make sure it works or whatever. Actually, it's probably not bad because it was a terror attack when I was in high school. Mm-hmm. And that's when I used to hear that. So that's when I figured it out. I was in high school for that shit. So, you know, the younger you are, the more curious you are about that shit. And also, we were in class. So it's like, you know, it was something like consistent like oh shit this happened in third period every day for four years it was pretty easy to figure out when that siren takes place but stuff like that or actually knowing where to eat when you in the city right you don't know where to eat unless a local tell you like i would have no idea how to eat in la like you could look at a map you could be like oh this place here four or five stars but until you learn that taste on your own or unless you know how the city work, stars don't really matter. Yeah. You know what, too? Here's a good test if somebody knows the city. You pull out a map and point at a random spot, and you say, it's Sunday at, like, 9 p.m. We're at this point, and we want to get something to eat. Where should we go? <laughs> yep, exactly. You know? And time is everything. Yes. Because there's certain places I will go at 4 p.m., but I'm not going to go at 9.30. Mm-hmm. I was at... A knockoff Maxwell Depot. Mm-hmm. And for Chicago, for people who don't know Chicago, Maxwell Street, I mean, honestly, like, if you look at it, it may not be the greatest hot dog here. It is known as one of our best because it's a rich, like, you know, it's one of the things we know for Maxwell Street. Yeah. Either way, it's a top five hot dog here or Polish, and it's absolutely the number one spot probably for sales with it. I would say either them or Portillo's, but if you think it's Chicago – those are two different things anyway. 100%. Yeah, that's like for people from the Italian suburbs. Style, and they do the hot dogs a little different, even though 
That's Maxwell Street. Yeah, too. you can't get a Maxwell Polish there. Yeah, exactly. You, I think you can, and they even call it a Maxwell Polish. Okay. But if you're trying to get a Maxwell hot dog or Polish, if you're in Chicago, I would suggest you 100% go to Maxwell Street. Portillo's, a lot of people argue about whether you should go there or not because that's getting into being Italian. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's our most uh, popular Italian drive through and calling it a drive through makes it sound more commercial than it is in a way because it is like original Chicago and really dope, but it's very touristy now and, yeah. and worth it in a way. So a lot of people like down that stuff. But Maxwell is more of a, oh, you from Chicago drunk at three in the morning this right. is the best thing drunk in chicago at three in the morning like to this day because it's just a stand that you get your food in 90 seconds yep so it's like yeah you know you're gonna get your food in 90 seconds and even during covid they haven't tried to change nothing up but put masks on back because <laughs> you know Maxwell streets don't have an indoors for you to dine any hour of the so, day too they're rocking yeah, they i used to live real close to there when i was in grad school it was great yeah the best one the, and then the main yeah. Maxwell in chicago so you know it's Roosevelt near the uh, near UIC. UIC, so just look up UIC Maxwell, and it'll take you to the right spot. Now, the reason I say that is because I was at a Maxwell Depot on the west side, which is dangerous, and especially at night. You know, Chicago is just like a lot of other big cities. Just be vigilant at all times, and you're probably okay. But one thing you don't do in the worst neighborhoods in a lot of our big cities in America is go to gas stations or certain hood restaurants at night, especially if you're not from that hood. So, you know, didn't think none of it. I was really hungry. I think it was probably like 11, 12 o'clock about six months ago. I go to this Maxwell on the west side, and it's these two dudes standing behind me, and one of them just pull out a gun and start showing it to the guy next to him. Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, that's basically the whole thing. That's all that happened. I was watching him show the other guy a gun, and then he put it away. Waited for my food and got the fuck out of there as quick as I could. <laughs> like I could tell it, I was like, you know, he showed it to him. Not like he was actually. Did you go home and watch the news at least? Was to see if they shot somebody after they picked out their sandwich. Yeah. No, I think they was just being goofy. But either way, like you know, that is kind of a lot. Like yeah, you know, I'm just going to get food and it's already late. That's already something I don't do. In those type of situations, it's bam, I just see a dude, like, bragging about his gun to his friend. And, like, when you call in those types of situations, you got to do the best you can just to kind of, like, act like it's normal. Oh, yeah, so. because, I mean, you know what? <laughs> Nine times out of ten, that's just some dumb person that doesn't even know what they're doing, you know? Like, they think it's funny or something. But one time out of 20 is a psychopath, and they're going to win the game. So you just got to play your hand right. But what's wrong with going to a gas station late at night? I did that a lot. I never had a problem. It's just risky, man. Like, I mean, you really didn't have to. Like, I know you probably did a little bit when you lived on the south side in Chicago. But it wasn't gas stations. It is a gas station right across from where the Leon's is. Because that's a uh, diff- it's Uncle John's Barbecue now. But there wasn't one. I was living there. There was a shutdown gas station. That- right, 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 right. It's open now. Yeah, all right. Oh, no, really? That's cool. It's a gas station open right across from Leon's. It's like Falcon Fuel or something, like <laughs> a one-off, like, you yeah. know, some of those fake gas stations or whatever. But it's good that they got it, I guess. I didn't even know they had that. But, like, that's all I'm saying. It's like, you know, some of those neighborhoods forever have been like, yeah, you either fine or you not. It just depends on who's there and what kind of trouble they're trying to cause. And for the most part, people aren't trying to cause trouble. That's why you can kind of live anywhere. Or go in any neighborhood. Right. 
or those that are, you could kind of see it coming, you know? Like, there are times I'll roll up to a gas station late at night, and there's a dude in a hoodie just standing there with his arms crossed. It's like, nah, I'm just... Yeah, whatever you don't a fucking car, exactly. Yeah. And that's all I'm saying. It's like, if it ain't nobody at the gas station in the middle of the night, well, you're only going to be there three minutes. You should be fine. Yeah. Do your business. But anytime, like, let's say I want to eat at some restaurant. If I'm in some neighborhood that I'm not used to and there's six niggas guarding the door... Well, I'm just not eating that food today. I can easily change my taste. My palate can easily switch if I see a bunch of people standing outside of it like they trying to cause trouble. And like if if I'm yeah. the business, I'm not going to allow that anyway. Yeah, I'll just stop talking to the people at a certain point and just like, for the record, before I say this, like it's a lot of stuff going on in the country and like I'm not necessarily on the police side. But if I have a business and a bunch of people won't stop standing in front of it, if that's what I got to do to get them to move, eventually I will. But I'm also the type of person where I'm probably going to try to talk to them first. You know, like, yeah. hey, I feel like y'all costing me business. Can you please leave type thing? You know, but right. like, I'm also not the person to weaponize the police for no reason. I don't want to send the wrong yeah. idea. And I'm sympathetic to the business owner that might feel a little threatened by a situation like that or not know what they're getting into with it and those people shouldn't be doing that anyways but i'm with you like go talk to them or something see what you could work out but at the same time man if push comes to shove that's your business maybe uh -huh. uh, rambo needs to be put on vhs did you say rambo you know it i have no recollection of that movie maybe we'll do a watch along if we get our patreon going i'm not even going to announce that because i didn't set it up yet but that's the plan i will set up a patreon We'll start having segments. What do you think of the ideas I sent you? About what specifically? Well, we're definitely doing album of the week today. Oh, That's yeah. a good one. I saw that, yeah. I also want to talk a little sports betting, uh, since that's your thing right now. And then, oh, yeah, listener mail, listener write-in. And I think that'll be the show. What brought this album to your mind uh, as the one we should talk about? I like The Impossibles a lot. They are one of my first likes. And they can go between genres uh, better than a lot of bands, in my opinion. Like, they'll do a whole album that's like, just, you know, like, I mean, I guess it depends on how you look at it, punk, pop punk, whatever way you want to call it. And like, obviously, they delve into Sky too. I honestly think they can make those switches better than, personally, to me, anybody I've heard. I, I don't know if it's anybody else that can combine the two, to me, that are better. What you Wait, what do you mean by two? Combining what Like, two? the Sky and Punk elements. Oh, oh okay. Like, the classic third way, yeah. You have albums that don't have anything to do with one of one, those two things, but then also combine them. It's like, they're a very good punk band, but also a very good Sky band to me. Yeah. I know they've put out, what, two or three other albums after the like i know the main one that was on fuel by ramen the one we're talking about today anthology which was not if i'm being honest with you a big album for me when it came out because i knew a couple of the big tracks off compilations like widowmaker eight ball uh and especially leave no man behind i think that was on some comp i bought because dr minette was on it mm. so i liked those three tunes and then i got the album and i did not like anything else on it and i felt like i got robbed and i always held a little bit of a grudge i i'm glad you picked this because i listened to it with fresh eyes today it's a good album 
It's a little long, but it's a good album. It's a long album. I also, I think technically Anthology is combining two albums. Oh, okay. Like, like I think technically, I think the, like, so the Sky Sound of Songs was a different album than like the last seven or eight. I think like the first six or seven songs is technically an album. Even from one standpoint, I probably should have told you that, even from a focus perspective. And I don't know what happened back then, but I'm pretty sure they did actually released everything on the anthology in two different releases. Some of those songs is an EP. Okay, that would make sense. Yeah. So everything that don't sound Scott Punk anymore is another album. I don't have it right in front of me, so I can't tell you where the divide starts. I got it up, but... I couldn't find, I'm not even sure if I still have the real copy. I just pulled it up on Spotify. And the one thing that was super weird, they got Widowmaker in here twice. But I think it's a different cut. I don't remember it. I did have the Fuel by Ramen release because I was trying to have everything they put out. But I don't remember it like that. Yeah, I looked through Spotify too. but And I saw that it's one long album. But Jeff is one person that confirmed that with me. It was an EP and an album put together. That's why it's so long. All right, what's your favorite track? So much. All right, you know what? A lot of the kids I hung out with when this came out, that was the anthem to them. Everybody likes so much. I like that you hung out around a group of kids in the 90s that had a ska anthem. <laughs> yeah, multiple groups. Like, we had a ska anthem, too, in a way. Like, I guess our house ska anthem, like, for Sky House, was for sure LAX. We used to all go nuts to LAX oh, yeah. together, but that song warrants that. So much is more, so much is better for that though. Well, no, I don't know because I do love LAX, but so much is better for it because it's about love specifically, and you know, usually those we go scream at each other drunk songs is about women or relationships. Oh yeah, right. I do like so much a lot. Partially, I mean, even from my own writing, that's the type of writing I do. You know, a lot of the songs. If I write it, it's going to be about some girl that don't want me anymore. <laughs> For me, Leave No Man Behind is the best track. It just captures so much of that third wave sound you were talking about, so many perfect elements. And I remember there's like a little female guest vocalist session. I don't know who that woman is, but she's brilliant. And I always love that uh, couple of bars there. So after all these years, it still holds up to you? Yeah, you know what? It really does. I thought it might sound a little, like, weaker. Because I always, in my head, put the impossibles in, like, kind of like a... You know, something I've learned about me is I kind of get upset if I feel like something's bigger than it should be. And so many people like the impossibles. And I was like, oh, they're good, but they're not that good that I didn't pay enough attention to them. Like, hold on. Hold on. Back these motherfuckers up is what you said. So, here's the deal. With stuff like that, I'm kind of the same way, too, because I used to trick myself. So as a kid, you know, teenager, I thought Alkaline Trio was the same level as Blink. And honestly, just for everybody to know, like, you know, I'm a black kid from Chicago. I didn't really know what alternative music was till I got to high school, period. Like, I knew rock. Not, not rock. It was like that was the separate stuff. I knew, like... Jazz, blues, R&B, and hip-hop growing up as a kid. And and some gospel because I went to church with my family. You know, so like stuff like that. Everything hit me at once once I was able to get to different styles of music. It was just about the size of these bands. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I thought Alkaline was as big as Blink. But it's because I came in late. And like, yeah, it was just right. kind of... It's kind of the same thing with how you are about like, oh, people think these bands are so big, but actually they're smaller. 
with that said, the mm-hmm. Impossibles, I agree that they were small in a way because you also can't find a bunch of their stuff. First of all, like for the for the record, my favorite EP ever is actually the Impossibles four song Brick Bomb. That's just an alternative alternative album. I don't know if you know it in the top of your head, Kyle. I don't actually know. I love it and I loved it because it's just it's a perfect four songs together. I don't know if it's still my favorite four songs, but it's called Four Song Brick Bomb. It's really good. I would have to re-listen to think that, but it still would be great to me. Put it like that. I decided it was the greatest in like high school, uh, but it's just because those songs fit together so well. Either way, they're a band that's not as big as people act, but should have been. And that's the way I'll say it. Like, I get what you're saying, but that was my point that I was trying to get to like three and a half minutes ago. They deserve to be bigger, and a lot of bands do. But I feel like the Impossibles ended still pretty small, right? Like, even at the end of them, they were probably, like, lower, middle, mid-level. You know what I'm saying? Like, as far as, like, you know, sales or filling shows or whatever. Like, I know Chicago embraced the shit out of them. What it seems like is they probably didn't have the right people pushing them. I'll bet, yeah. Because it's like, you, you, even the anthology, man, that's great music. But think about that. They have more than one, like, really quality album. Put it like this. They should be at Riot Fest. Like, Riot Fest should want them. If they went to Riot Fest, everybody, like, be, like, it'd be a million people in front of every band. But people would try to act like they cool as fuck for being in front mm-hmm. of the Impossibles. Like, especially because the music is dope, too. Like, when people see them, like, on Riot yeah. Fest, because that's what people do now for these festivals, they look up the bands. I feel like people would be like, holy shit. Like, people who don't actually know who the Impossibles are. Because it's hard to find quality punk that good if you don't know about it. And the fact that they so obscure is what is going to be like, oh, man, we found quality punk that we don't know. There's a lot of that, though, man. The more I look, the more quality punk I find that I didn't know. It is a lot. And a lot of it is from the 90s. A lot of it from the fucking Midwest yes. or something. But that's the thing. Sure. Like, this is the one we geeking out about. It could be other people geeking yep. out about one either you heard about and forgot or something I never heard of. You know, but like, yes, of yeah. course. I believe that. It was some monster-ass music going on around here in the 90s and early 2000s. Like, luckily, I was yeah. able to catch some of the back of the early 2000s. But I remember what a lot of that felt like. Like... We have, like, beautiful creativity and a scene here because, like, the scene is what helped motivate motivate the creativity of some of the younger bands like us. It's like, I know a lot of the pe- reason people wanted to, like, be in the bands they ended up in is because they went to the Fireside Bowl standing three feet from monster-ass yeah. bands like that. You know, it's like, of course, that's fucking inspiration. That's what I'm saying. It's like, yes, yeah, I get what you're saying about, like, man, you get tired of people seeing them so big, but I get why people saw them that big. Because if I would have been at a lot of those Fireside Bowl shows, I would have worshipped them. Like, I would have felt grateful to be able to be that sure. close to a monster band. Like, maybe, like, you feel sometimes, because I, like, I, was, like, I wasn't at the heart of the Fireside. I've seen shows there, because they still do them every day, but uh-huh. it's not nearly the same. But I I just, I feel like if I would have been caught in that golden age of it, I may have noticed I was in the golden age of it. You know, because sometimes you involved in something and you realize it. Sometimes you don't. 
But I feel like something would have told us, like, man, I, I kind of hope this venue or this feeling or these nights can last forever type thing, you know? Yeah. That can be a thing that you could wish for if you could tell that it's that dope. I feel like for some people, the fire set probably was that. Because it's like, you know, it, motherfuckers will work all week and just know they're going to a show Friday. Yeah. Maybe they don't remember who the band is, but they going to the fire set. You know, like that type yes. of, like... The fact that a bunch of music came from that, a bunch of bands came from it, because you know that's what it was too. A bunch of motherfuckers is like, we going to the fireside tonight, and it's just for a band, a three piece, four piece, going to see whoever playing tonight. Right. And it's like wishing they was them. Yep. You know, wishing it was they night at the fireside, because that's how all of that goes. You know, so yeah, man, I could see how and why in Chicago people would have blew up the Impossibles as if they were huge. <laughs> because you can't help but do it. Thanks for tuning in to Six Wings Fried Hard. Our theme song is New Orleans Funeral by Run and Punch. 